I'm laughing as I'm here. Gary Schleifer with Janet Harvey, and this is Beyond the Page, brought to you by Choice, the magazine of professional coaching. Choice is more than a magazine. It's a community of people who use and share coaching tools, tips, and techniques to add value to their businesses and impact their clients. It's an institution of learning built over the course of, yes, 20 years dedicated to improving the lives of coaches and their clients. I know, right? <laughs> 20 years, just finished the 20th year. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Janet Harvey, who is the regular contributing author of our coaching mastery column. Thank you. And her latest article is entitled Becoming, Becoming a Team Coaching Master, the Value of Sponsor Leaded, Leader Member Engagement. Janet Harvey is a coach, an author, an educator, and a speaker. Um, I've recently watched her TEDx talk, and it was absolutely amazing, and read your book. Thank you. Invite Change. Uh Oh my gosh, I forgot the title. Uh, hold on. Beyond, oh, the year of no return. Mm -hmm. Lessons yes. from 2020. 2020. No and brilliant. I highly recommend that our listeners pick up that book. We've also uh, written about it in the book review. So if you want to get a snapshot of it, it's in a previous issue. Just contact me and I'll point you to the right place. Janet invites people to be the cause of a life that most matters in early adopter for creating a coaching-centered workplace. Janet has worked with global organizations and teams of leaders within to establish a generative, resilient, and high-performance culture through a coaching approach to leading and managing success. Janet brings her executive and entrepreneurial experience as CEO of Invite Change. Oh, <laughs> no, that's interesting. I, I read this differently before. As CEO of invite change, but you could also think that she invites change with leaders in sustainable excellence through a signature generative coaching and learning process for, for people and systems called generative wellness. And I am happy to say that I am, have, I am part of that learning, I guess would be the best way to say it in the recent uh, advanced generative coaching program. So thank you for all of your work at both Invite Change and uh, for those that may not know, Janet and I met at the International Coach Federation back in the day, now the Coaching yeah. Federation, uh, while we were both serving on the board, the global board of directors. And she later became the president of the International Coaching Federation. So, wow, you, you do so much for so many and you still have time for life. So, which is really great. So you're walking your talk. Really exactly. appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, we <laughs> we were just chatting about uh, about the article just before, and some things that came to mind for me as as a regular contributor to the Coaching Mastery column. Um, you don't normally follow the theme, and I noticed that this time you dug into some I I would call it behind the scenes pieces of team and group coaching. Um, I mean, some of the things that you spoke about, as far as statistics, were interesting and important that weren't said in other articles. Can you tell me more about what had you shift into our theme this time? Absolutely, Gary, and a joy to be with you as always. And, uh, you know, my reasoning was that in the, gosh, almost 12 years now that I've been delivering um, a continuing ed program for how to work with teams and groups in a generative way. And you might remember, I got started in coaching, working with the collective one to many 
Uh, right. Before I did one to one, I do things a little bass backwards. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've I've walked in the shoes of practitioners, wondering how in the world am I going to tell somebody what the heck this is. One on one made a little more sense to people because it, they could find some analogies to mentoring or some analogies to maybe a sporting event. But working one-to-many is a different animal altogether, as many have seen in, in looking at the core competencies that have been issued, remembering that the client is the interaction field of the people who have gathered in the group or the team. I, I, it's not necessary to make a distinction between those two for the purposes of the little C coaching that's going yeah. on. <laughs> but there is a huge distinction when you start to think about the system that that group of people resides within. And what I have seen over the years is that when we we put forward something we call the anatomy of an engagement, and I, I always see the students' eyes get big as half dollars. <laughs> it's just amazing right. when I realize, oh, coaching's just like this one little piece over here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? There is there is relationship building that is essential with the sponsor, um, with HR, which sometimes is running a coaching program oversight kind of role, um, different from the sponsor who's writing the check. And then there's the team members. And then, then there's the stakeholders associated with those team members and HR and the sponsor. And then there's measurement. How will they recognize the evidence that what they've engaged the, the practitioner for is actually happening. And of course, we're always contracting because the thing we start with is never the thing we finish with. We all know no this kidding, from one-on-one. Right? Yeah. It's exponentially transforming, evolving uh, when you're working one-to-many because of all the things that are outside influences on this team that is a system within a system within a system. And then, of course, they're celebrating. How do we, uh, you know, one of the things you and I often talk about is how the scarcity mindset shows up because we don't pause and collect ourselves. We we fail to value the time spent saying, who have I become? And this is, of course, a very generative practice of learning. And if until we learn that, oh, I've got that now. Okay, now I can let my imagination go and originate some new thinking. Those rhythms don't happen without celebrating. And um, I like to say artful acknowledgement, but that gets us off on another rabbit hole. So So we called it celebrating. But what we're really saying is, can you come current with the development that's happened? Because if you don't, you won't open your mindset to being in growth orientation again. And everything changes too fast. You have to open to a new orientation. Yeah, to, to I, I'm hearing as well, or similarly, to pause and reflect. Yes. To process. We mm-hmm. we watch our clients and they just go so fast and things change so fast. I mean, you said it in a conversation with Magda Mook about the, the rate of, what is it? The rate of change of knowledge. Doubling of human knowledge. Doubling human of human knowledge. Human knowledge now doubles every 12 hours. And it used to be coming. like, 12 or more years now it's every 12 hours so our our clients one-on-one are are dealing with this rapid change they can how can you be an expert if what you learned yesterday 12 12 hours ago has changed yet again how do you keep on top of that and still do everything you need to do so 
even the way you speak about team and group coaching is a conversation. It sounds very elegant the way you speak about it. Mm. And it sounds very impactful. So what gets in the way of uh, coaches inviting a company to engage as a team coach and have this beautiful ripple effect? Um, one very simple thing is too quick to be in the room with the team because the identity often for the practitioner is the thing I'm bringing as a team coach is my interaction and relationship with the team itself. And they step over the very important, uh, um, perspective of value. What does the organization value? in the performance of this team and its contribution to whatever the organizational outcomes are and the key performance indicators that they use to recognize that something is performing well or not performing well, in which case, you know, we want it to shift or we want to up-level it because we have a new strategy happening. All those things I just said, they are the business of the enterprise. And as coaches, it's very important that we um, ask about these things. In one-on-one, it's important, but you could actually get away with coaching a leader and doing a good job coaching that leader, and they will be responsible for whether or not they're contributing to the organization. But the stakes are different with a team. And part of that is because uh, they have less, they often have less authority to influence the outcomes that are outside of whatever the remit is for the team directly. And as a team coach, my job isn't, it doesn't have anything to do with the outcomes. It has to do with how are they being with each other. And if I don't understand the cultural factors that are driving, what is it that the leader is seeing? Does the team see it the same way? Is the um, is the future of the organization actually setting this team up for success? Mm-hmm. Things like um, time, how much money has been given to them? Do they have access to the necessary resources, human and technology? How how have they set up accountability, which in my language is uh, authority gets granted, usually by the sponsor or the team leader, not necessarily the same person. And the folks on the team accept responsibility to fulfill it. Is that clear to everybody? Is it actually <laughs> happening? <laughs> These are questions to suss out before you begin the team coaching process because and this is in the ethics of the team coaching competencies you need to make sure coaching is the right thing the stage of that particular collective may not be ready for it right they might not actually have formed enough to accept responsibility for their autonomy and our work is about fostering their autonomy so if they're not quite ready to step into it and you can't make assumptions about it You might think you've seen hundreds of teams, you know exactly what's going on with them and will be wrong (laughs) because that's (laughs) our experience, not the team's experience. So that's why I was talking so much about this, this relational field with the sponsor and the HRBP and the team members themselves. And in in our program, we do teach, um, give them a tool to do um, a bit of an assessment on these Mm -hmm. cultural and um, investments or kind of team setup processes, as well as how to learn about the different modalities. There's at least a dozen 
wow. that are identified um, in the core competency language itself. So there's a big expectation for team coaches to broaden the camera lens a, a little bit in terms of how they look at this practice well beyond the coaching. Oh, I think it's a wide angle lens, <laughs> <laughs> just on a little bit, you know, it's, it's, it's got so many nuances to it and complexities. And I, and what I'm hearing is it's 90% planning and 10% execution. So 90% of relationship building, assessing, reviewing, getting people on board, both in the team and outside the team. And then the 10% that we want to rush to is the actual coaching. Does that sound fair? That's right. I think that's yeah. right. You know, there was a, a column we did, I think, two issues back, um, and I entitled it uh, Co-Creating Measurement. So whenever the mm -hmm. measurement issue was, I think that was June. Right. Um, and uh, I, I gave your readers a, a set of questions, uh, a way to be thinking about how, how do I create measurement? You don't. The organization creates measurement. But our job as coaches is to evoke awareness. And, mm -hmm. you know, people assume well, of course we're going to measure it, right? Am I getting a return on this investment I'm making in coaching? Mm -hmm. No, you're making an investment in your team. Coaching is an intervention mm -hmm. that you're purchasing to invest in your team's excellence. Now, leader, how do you know your team is performing better? Right, exactly. It's always coaching questions, isn't it? Always a coaching question. And of course, um, you know, we teach a technique we call the current situation. This is not rocket science, folks, right? This is not a highly sophisticated thing, but it's a step many coaches step over. Spend some time. It's an hour conversation. Maybe it's two or three hour conversations, a little bit at a time, helping that leader talk out loud, hear themselves talk out loud. I, I, I set up this team to do X because X was important to the strategy. And this is what we want to have be different with our customers as a result of the work this team is doing. And as they hear themselves talking, you'll sense as a coach whether they believe it or not. <laughs> no kidding, right? Whether, whether they're <laughs> up here in the vision, but they're not grounded in reality. And we continue to ask questions for them to have that moment when they think to themselves, no wonder this team isn't working well because I haven't said half of this out loud happens all the time yeah or i have said this till i'm blue in the face and they're not getting it uh-huh what's in the way well it's the team <laughs> okay. well there is no such thing as the team <laughs> right so what was the condition in the organization when you decided to form that team how did those people get invited on that team what was your method of profiling them as capable with the mindset and the skill set to do the work I'm back into coaching. And now what I'm doing is getting that leader to express the gap. Well, I want I, I hired him to do this, or I gave him the team assignment to do this, but they're doing that. And like, what gives? You can hear him get really frustrated. Right. <laughs> uh -huh. So you know, ideally what you were going for, it's not happening. What do you think the top three things are? If you could have them adopt this kind of behavior, and deploy it, implementing what the team is supposed to come up with, uh, what would happen as a result of that? And now they're going to naturally start talking about measurement. Well, that process of interviewing to create the current situation is building trust. 
It's cultivating safety with that sponsor yeah. that you as a practitioner know what the heck you're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and I write all that stuff down. Right. So at yeah. the end of whatever amount of time it takes to get that information, I give it back and I have them read it and I have them look me in the eye and tell me, yep, you've got everything. Nine times out of 10, they'll say, eh, there's one more stakeholder that's influencing <laughs> the situation. Okay. Let's get that flushed out because yeah. now I can walk into the team knowledgeable. Yeah. I can walk into the team understanding, That's true, yeah. compassionately, empathy-wise, appreciating the system they live inside of and those influences. So when the team says to me, they won't let us do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's another. Who's there's, the they? Who's they? <laughs> <laughs> right. Or they'll say, well, you know, the boss didn't tell us that. Mm-hmm. And when was the last time you put yourself in a box like this and said only the words on the page? Mm -hmm. I don't think so, guys. You got brought onto this team because you had these capabilities. Right. And how do I know that? Because I've done my homework. I've done the current situation work. And ultimately, what are we dealing with? We're not dealing with their skills and deployment. We're dealing with their relationship to the organization, to each other, to that sponsor, to that body of work they're asked to do. And they're uncertain about something. We don't know what, but something. Mm -hmm. And the coaching work then brings that into the space for them to say, okay, what's the new relationship you want with all of this? How will you step into your power here? Right. What do you want to ask for? So I can't do that work well. I can't do it quickly. I can't do it in a laser-like way. If I haven't gotten myself oriented to those relationships and the system influences that are outside of what's going on in the team coaching. Yeah. Wow. I, I can't help but picture the, the uh, planning and building of a house. <laughs> right. Like the foundational you know what what does the plan look like uh a sponsor and and what would and then and then the 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 diagram would be what what would a successful outcome look like and then then the key components you know the different rooms might be different stakeholders and you know it's like oh i just get chills it sound it it's yeah. as much as it sounds complex it also sounds very exciting and rewarding when done well yeah yeah you asked uh, what the obstacles are. So one of them is too quick to go into the coaching and that's yeah. what we've been talking about. But I think another one is um, it feels like too much work for free. And, um, you know, students have asked me about this over the years and I've said, that's a little bit like saying there's no time to talk to your people. Mm -hmm. You know, managers tell us that all the time. It takes too much time to manage relationships with my team members. <laughs> and the conversation goes to, and the consequence of stepping over that relationship building, cultivating trust and safety, shows up where? And the leader will say to me, oh, having to reassign people, mm -hmm. miss deadlines, misuse of resources, um, nobody um, checking status, poor performance isn't addressed. And the cost of all those things? It's invisible cost, right? Yeah, it's destructive yeah. leadership. It's not on the P&L anywhere, but it's real. And it causes a lot of emotional upheaval. And teams get bad reputations and maybe not really warranted mm -hmm. because 
the system itself wasn't set up for that team to operate. So if what a team really needs is better chartering and maybe go back to the drawing board with the sponsor on how people were selected and what they were set up to accomplish, and we rush to go and coach, we're actually creating invisible cost in the organization and emotional heartache. It makes no sense to do. You won't get invited back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so if you want a long term relationship with this organization and you want to ripple out to more teams, do your homework up front and demonstrate the professionalism to structure that into the work. You'll get paid for it. Yeah. You build it into your fees and your contract. Exactly. All that upfront work. Don't see it as something you're doing for free. It's an investment in your long term relationship with that organization. Well, and, and a, an investment in their success, which in turn affects your relationship. It's interesting you talk about relationship because in, in the article you uh, wrote that there's been no change over the last seven years with regards to engagement. And yet the writing is on the wall. You also said that there, that the um, that the team, the people are asking for more engagement, not less. That's right. So so how do leaders, you know, how does a leader reconcile the fact that they're asking for feedback, they're asking for connection, and I don't have enough time, right? So obviously whole, but also that you, it's to go to coaching. You said that we talked about that earlier. Mm -hmm. The coaching's starting already when you meet with the company, the leader. <laughs> From the like, very first conversation. I've, yeah. I've always said, and it's, it started even before that, because because I believe that sales is, it's not sales, it's not selling, it's a relational relationship conversation. And it's all coaching. It's right from the very beginning. So just like you're saying about free versus it's included. I mean, you want to get to coaching? Start as soon as you meet somebody. What do you want to get out of it? And then like all the structures that you're talking about and have so brilliantly put, put together in your program. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, that. The um, the other thing that was in the article that is worthy of weaving into what you just brought forward here is the intergenerational workplace. It, it's always been true that we've had multiple generations in the workplace. What's different in this moment in time we find ourselves is we've not had such a divide in the methodology of interface. So the digital um, generations, which are the core millennials and then down into Gen Z, operate their brains operate very differently from um you know the greatest era the baby boomers uh, um uh gen x um and anybody who finds themselves in the in-between years we grew up in a non-technology environment and we've had to adapt and while we're pretty good at the adaption we're not natives. We're not natives yeah. to that experience. And so the use of resources, the values around planning, the comfort with forming, unforming, and reforming, working on multiple teams simultaneously, not having the traditional intact team. Now we have hybrid. Mm -hmm. there, there, there are so many structural changes to how people think about, sense into how they relate to the organization that it's really hard for leaders. So they've unfortunately said, well, you seem so entitled. What makes you think <laughs> you can get feedback twice a week or twice a month or once a week, or whatever it is you think you yeah. want. I never got that. All right. They need to take a breath and realize that 
because there is so much more, right? The the plate's fuller, everybody's plate is fuller. The pace mm-hmm. of doing work is faster than it's ever been because we think in the digital world that that's okay, but there's still a human processing. So yep. um, basically what the digital natives are asking for is human connection. Yeah. And if we can lift our judgments about it being entitlement, that's judgmental, and discern what would be the payoff when I make the time to be with them, make it a 15-minute huddle. It doesn't have to be an hour long, right? Shift your mindset. A 15-minute huddle every other week with that team has them have a sparkle in their eye. It's like, oh, my boss cares. (laughs) he or she showed up in the space and actually listened that would be the other piece and (laughs) and and had more of a steward mindset around it what is in your way that i actually am in a position to get out of your way so you all keep doing your good work these are the things that they're asking for it's not you know help me get promoted help me get more money that's at the end of the day might be words that come out of their mouth but it's not what they're wanting And that's what the engagement data has been trying to say for a long time. And um, maybe, maybe this shift, right? The year of no return was to say, look, we're not going back to thousands and thousands and thousands of people five days a week in the workshop, in the, in the workspace. It'll be anywhere. Well, (laughs) and uh, you know, the, the consequence or the evidence to that is the great resignation and quiet quitting. You don't give me what I want. And I don't really care about the money. I care more about my lifestyle and my well-being. I'll just disappear. I'll go somewhere where it is there, where I will get the interaction, the relationship building that I want. It's funny when you were saying that about the huddle, I, I, anytime I go past a bank before it opens, there's always a huddle in the morning, (laughs) right? Just before they open the doors and they go right to the minute of opening the doors. Of course, they never (laughs) open the a minute earlier, um, but they're always huddled there. And, you know, I mean, it can be as simple as just acknowledging what's changed, what, what news come up. Um, you know, uh, I, I've even seen them celebrate outside during pride month and mm-hmm. having a group shot with their team t-shirts, if you will, and just having yeah. things, which, you know, unfortunately can't happen as easily in a hybrid environment, but, uh, um, I'm sure there's That's ways a limiting belief. Right. You can oh, yeah. screenshots on Zoom oh, or that's Teams true. or whatever yeah, you yeah. want, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, listen, <laughs> I, I have uh, another big question that shifts a little bit. Okay. Um, you spoke about generative coaching. We've talked a lot about that. What does it mean and what are the benefits for being generative as a team coach? You you mentioned that in your article, and I think our audience would like to know a little bit more. Reese. That's really what we know you for, sovereign generative tell us more well first of all as i've said to many audiences recently i'm really not a big fan of models and unfortunately we've learned to think in models so models we create so why do we do that why do we create models in some ways it's about being able to have a place to hold an ambiguous concept Mm -hmm. until we can make it pragmatic and embodied and, and I would say that generative came out of that. And it came out of my clients who would ask me, what are you doing and why does it work? <laughs> 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 it seemed like 
such a mystery to them because they're not in the interactions, right, with a team. The team's in it, but the sponsor's not, the HRBP's not. So I began to pay attention to what I was noticing behaviorally. And we have many quadrated systems and models in um, the human development spectrum, quadrated meaning four parts. Mm -hmm. And I said, huh, I wonder if we looked at it that way. And we were really focused on what's relevant to someone being effective and productive. So if you look up generative in the dictionary, you're going to see these four capacities originating. Imagination, um, ideation, brainstorming, the freedom to just throw anything out, right? That's a developed capacity. Not everybody's got it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why we spend a lot of money teaching people about those things. Mm -hmm. And then we need to be able to translate all of that thinking into something tangible. That's the create step. Not creativity, right? That has lots of pieces and parts to it, but a very specific capacity of, well, that's a cool idea. How will we implement that? And we start to do experimenting and piloting. Well, nothing's going to get from create to produce an outcome, which mm -hmm. is one of the generative capacities if I don't do some learning, right? If I don't pay attention to, did it work? Did yeah. anybody like it? How do we know? Um, was it, uh, did it have a profit margin that's reasonable? Is it values aligned? Is it mission congruent? That's all learning capabilities. We've spent billions of dollars all over the world to try to create learning organizations. We ain't there yet. <laughs> <laughs> My argument would be the reason we ain't there yet is because we haven't actually invested in helping people learn to be learners. This is why Carol Dweck's work around growth mindset has been so valuable and all the rage because oh, maybe we finally have some idea about what it means to be a learner. Um, not a brand new, but continuous learning. Yeah. So generative is the dynamic capacity to originate, create, learn, and produce. Now, the reason I say generative wholeness is it doesn't do any good if you're doing it on somebody else's dime. <laughs> mm -hmm. What does Gary expect of me? What does Susie expect of me? What does Johnny expect of me? We will always be chasing the revolving door. We'll be behind every single time because they will have moved on by the time we <laughs> right? Yeah. The only thing we really have influence over and choice over, there you go, power of choice. Power of choice, but I'm found. <laughs> is our authentic self. Right. Not what somebody else thinks our authentic self is, but what we think it is, the essence of ourselves. And from that, we realize, you know what? I really have responsibility to be at choice about how I relate to the conditions of my lives. And it, I might not be able to change my circumstance immediately, but it ain't ever going to change unless I look at it clearly. And I begin to say, how does it align with what I care about? What matters to me? So the, the stepping into the authentic self and then embodying those capacities, that's generative wholeness. And from that space, now I can actually see what everybody else has as capabilities. I'm not trying to prove anything to them, and I don't need them to prove anything to me. We can have a far more transparent conversation, and we're we're diving into all four of those capacities together. That's exponential performance when we get there. That's the promise of generative team coaching. Wow. That's, uh, you know, the word that comes to mind is rich. 
<laughs> just rich, deep, rich, fulfilling work. Yeah. Well, and that's what coaching is. It's what it is to me. So, well, thank you so much. I have a couple more questions. Number one is this is this is a this is a really tough one. What would you like our audience to do as a result of this article and this conversation? Hmm. Well, I'd love for them to enroll in the generative team coaching program. I was hoping you were going to say that. I highly, <laughs> highly recommend it. <laughs> and we've upgraded it. So it's been a 36-hour program for a long time. And one, we do something very unique in our program, which is a full simulation of being a living team. So mm -hmm. you are practicing and getting feedback of team coaching skills while you're in the learning container. And we've retained that. Um, we also have an individual mentoring component, six hours over the course of the program, so that you are um, tailoring what you're learning to your unique client base, one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. and who you are, right? Because who you are is how you coach. So yeah. we added that into the program. And um, so the, the first 40 hours is all the fundamentals, the team coaching competencies, our generative methodology, simulation and feedback, and the first four hours of mentor coaching, everything you need to know how to contract the things that we started with today. Right. Yeah. And then you got to go out and get a contract before you can come to part two. Part one's 40 uh... hours. Part two is 20 hours. It's spaced a little differently where the first is weekly. This now goes to um bi-weekly so that you're out working and you come back to class and with go real stuff with real stuff, stuff so, i love it that's exactly. brilliant and two more uh, mentor coaching sessions so you have some one-on-one -on -one time mm -hmm. with one of the delivery leaders to keep deepening how you're working with your clients you need to get six hours of practice to earn your certification from invite change and you have a final paper that you'll write about you know who have you become as a team coach um, and then there is the optional 10 hours of team coaching supervision that we make available afterwards. So because that's one of the requirements for earning the ICF certificate. So yeah. 60 hours of training in two parts. Uh, and then team coaching supervision is the third optional piece. Awesome. Super excited about it. I just, it was so much. Yeah, fun. no I, kidding, right? Could hardly I'm tell how excited you are. 2007. And uh, this opportunity to evolve the curriculum was just a ball for me. So it's yeah. one of my highlights of 22. <laughs> awesome. It sounds, it seriously, it sounds like a lot of fun. I will put that on my plan for next year. <laughs> that'll be great that'll be good thank you so much for joining us for this beyond the page i i just want to thank you you were our my very first podcast guest and here we are over two years later and i'm so delighted to uh have a conversation with you again always so much learning and fun thank you thank uh, you. the best way to reach, reach you Janet.Harvey at invitechange.com. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and all those places, but I do answer my own phone too, which is uh, 8708. You're in Canada and we you're international now. So um, Eight, seven, we'll, 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 we go there. 360-632-9092. Call me. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Beyond the Page. For more episodes, subscribe via your favorite podcast app. I know we're through Apple and Spotify. And don't forget to sign up for your free digital issue of Choice Magazine by going to choice-online.com and clicking the Sign Up Now button. 
And then use invite change as your code to get a discount because I'm here with Gary. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Love that collaboration. I'm Gary Schleifer. Enjoy your journey to mastery. Thank <laughs> you.